Hey, good morning and welcome to the Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, back here in the Valley of the Sun on this Monday morning. I will tell you, I've been spending the last couple of weeks up on the front range. Uh, it's good to be back home. Uh, Christmas is coming. What is today? The 16th of December already. So, what is that? Nine days to old St. Nick uh, arriving at, uh, well, see if you've been uh, good or bad. My son, my oldest son, will be home from school tomorrow, finishing up. He's got his last final today. And really good news. I'll tell you, it's always a good thing when, and for those of you who have had sent kids to college, I think you'll uh, agree with this. Some kids know what they want to be, right? Uh, when they're already in high school, they they, they kind of already know uh, where what field and what you're going to want to be and whatnot. My younger son kind of knows. Right now, there's he has a couple of options, but but he he knows. Hey, I'm going to be doing something in the science or mathematic fields, and and uh, uh, you know whether that's engineering or or if it's going to be something on the science side, whatever. You know, he kind of knows, kind of knows what his wheelhouse is. My older son, no clue. Go to college, you know, like like most kids. I'm going to major in business, right? You know the you know the millennials. They all they all want to own and run a business, right? They they of course they have no idea how that's supposed to happen, and they all want to get paid like they're CEOs right out of college. Uh, but but he went through his first year. And, and didn't have a clue, right? So they came home, like, what are you thinking? Well, what classes do you like? What don't you like? And, and uh, took, uh, to, he, he's been taking some accounting, some finance classes, and uh, informed my wife and I that he's, he's going to be a finance major. So, yes, uh, it's, I know, but here I am telling you, hedge yourself against debt. <laughs> And what's my son telling? Hey, I'm gonna be a guy. I'm gonna sell that. I'm gonna major in finance uh, with a an accounting finance type degree. But uh, we're just thrilled that he's found something that he likes, and he's uh, got his last final today, and will be home. Had a, he thinks that he, well, obviously grades aren't in, but he thinks he's had his best semester of college yet. So we're we're pretty excited, and it's always good. To, to get the family back together again, and uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, I will have a holiday schedule out to you. Uh, I, I already know this. Obviously, we're closed on Christmas. Uh, we're going to be closed the day after Christmas. Uh, we're going to definitely, uh, Christmas Eve, if we're open at all, it'll be uh, a light schedule. And all the way through, really, call it, say, January 2nd from from you know about the 23rd of December to about the 2nd of January we're going to be open you know a lot of those days obviously we'll be closed new year's day uh close early new year's eve if we open at all but it, it we're going to be on a reduced schedule so I'll tell everybody listen the answering machine works leave us a message and Wendy Orlean uh, will get back to you on the next day that we're open Remember, you can order online at allamericangold.com 24 hours a day, 
seven days a week. Uh, so it's not like you won't be able to get some business done, uh, and you can do it that way at allamericangold.com. But once I have it all worked out, i got to talk to Wendy and Arlene, and then uh, we'll get a schedule out there together to, for everybody. Uh, but but uh, get ready, right? We're, we're heading towards uh, the, the time of the year where we're going to take some days off uh, get some uh, much-needed rest and, and rehab and get ready for 2020 and so many things uh, to get ready for, right? I mean, we got the articles of impeachment, and they're going to have it. looks like they're going to send it up to the House uh, before Christmas. That's the goal of the Democrats. And I, I'll just say this, it, and this is just my opinion, this is ridiculous. It's a farce. You know, when you have something as important as impeachment, right, this shouldn't be a partisan thing. I think all of us would agree. Even the Democrats, don't you think you got to agree to that? Because let's face it, Democrats and Republicans, certain things, they're just not going to agree. We get that. We understand that. Impeachment shouldn't be one of those things. It should be painfully obvious to both sides that something horrible had happened, something bad had happened. You know, and of course we talk about uh, Clinton, right? Everybody knew, right? We didn't need somebody to tell us. Uh, Nixon, right? That was super obvious. Uh, this one here, especially when you find out the uh, the misgivings of the FBI and, and really something that I think is the scariest part is just that. Right, that the, you know, it looks like here the FBI just made it up, just made up the whole thing. Well, you know, they got made up information and then continued on with the lies. I think that should be more troubling than anything else. Uh, and uh, right now, uh, as as far as today goes, of course, then it goes to the Senate, and I think there's only one Republican even thinking about voting for impeachment. And of course, we know who that is, Mr. Romney. Uh, who uh, I have a hard time even calling him a Republican. So uh, this thing's already dead on arrival, and and I'll be glad when it's all over. Uh, and then, of course, we got to talk about the trade deal and the repo markets. Today's show, we're going to focus in on the repo markets, this phase one trade deal, what is it, what isn't it, and how big is the Fed's balance sheet really going to get in 2020? Patriot Radio News Hour. Don't touch that dial. 800 Just uh, real quick on the on the on the trade thing. I, this is not um, what we were hoping for. You know, again, this wasn't about trade. This is about. China wanting to be a superpower, and they don't care how they get there. Right? This is really, let's just say what it's about. Them stealing all of our technology. Whether it's by forced handover, right, when you shut up shop over there. Which is something, you know what's so funny is, we agreed to this. Right? When we talk about all the free NAFTA and GATT and all this free trade nonsense, and everybody out on the idiot box. Right, telling you, oh, what a great thing. And, and look at the great stock market because of it. How you do it. 
Got another 401k update. And I'm getting to be, it's getting to the point, I'm starting to have a hard time. Because, you know, I always tell you, be diversified, be diversified, be diversified. You guys know that. Anybody who doesn't own gold and silver, you're an absolute fool. Period. And you know what? And that's too kind of a word. You are a fool. If you don't have physical, physical gold and silver where you know where it's at. If you don't, you're a fool. And, and why would I say that? And the answer is really simple. Look at look at the stuff. You know, Dow's up again today, right? Because they want to, you know, support the president in the nonsense of this phase one trade deal. Uh, but I'm okay with Wall Street going up. I love Wall Street going up. I, I know a lot of people don't think I do. I actually do. But I want it to go up because we're earning more. Right? I want it to go up because companies are more profitable. The realities are companies aren't making any more money than since years before Trump was even president. Go back five and six years. Look it up yourself. Earnings aren't up. The only thing that's up is the premium that you pay. And going into this morning now, we're back to, you know, I hate to say it, but we're back to the tops of uh, of the tech bubble, right? This, this is that's just one reason, right? You know that's that's nonsense. Look at the, what the Fed has had had to admit on Friday. Man, how fast have things changed <laughs> in the next four weeks? The Federal Reserve's balance sheet will be at a new all-time record high. Do you know that it was this month a year ago that the Fed said, hey, we're, we're starting to shrink our balance sheet? Well, I guess a little more than a little more than that, but you know what I'm talking about, right? This was the, the month that they made the mistake and raised rates, right? And Wall Street had that horrible, right? Felt like four or 5,000 points. Before the central bank had to come out on TV and tell you, oh, wait, 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 we're ready to do what's necessary. Of course, then they started cutting rates. Then they ended, you know, they only ended buying or selling bonds like in August. And on Friday, they had to tell us, hey, our balance sheet's going to be at a new all-time record high. You're a fool. But these are these, this is what happens at tops, right? Wall Street rallies for no reasons, right? They, you know, and not that it's not a reason. Listen, even a bad agreement, I guess, is better. So here's what got agreed to, and and you know what I love? You notice how I said, "Wow, we're 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 putting down, we're writing it down." You know, it, it needs to be translated. What? What are you talking about? How long does, now think about this, right? We have people, believe me, both governments have people that know how to type. I know, it's crazy, but they really do. I mean, they can, I mean, good typists. I'm not talking about me or you typing. 
I'm talking about people that type for a living, you know. They probably can crank out 60, 70, 80 words a minute. Right? And we're, <laughs> oh, we're waiting for the... Listen, I don't even know if there's really going to be anything on paper. I'm not sure that there is. But neither here nor there. Here's what we agreed to do. No tariffs. Right, We're supposed to impose tariffs on the rest of Chinese products over the weekend. And those are the ones that, let, let's face it, were going to cost us the most, right? That's the stuff we really like to buy. Uh, but th- that's done. The tariffs that we imposed in September, we cut them in half. So that was a 15% tariff down to 7.5%. Now, we weren't going to do that. That was the deal. But apparently we gave in on that. And then China agrees to buy food. I will tell you, and I've been on this right, I told you, and, I, and I'll say it again, it's mathematically not possible for China to buy as much as the president said. It just, it's not possible. I wish it was. I mean, you know, $40 billion, they've never bought. I think the largest, when you combine all the food China's ever bought from us in a year, I think the number was like $25 billion, of which like 17 or $18 billion of it was soybeans. We all know China's got a hog. The, the flu there is killing all the hogs. That's why they needed the soybeans, right, <laughs> to feed all the hogs that have now, you know, they still got, listen, don't get me wrong, they still got a ton of hogs. But they actually don't need nearly the amount of soybeans that they did in the past. And uh, I don't, you know, can you make it up in corn and rice and all that? No. But anyway, this is what they're saying. They're sticking to this, that China's going to buy all this food. Have you heard anything about the intellectual property? Have you heard anything about the stealing? I mean, where is all of that? That should really be the main. The buying of food should be last. No offense. I get it, right? I don't want our farmers to suffer, but that should be last. The biggest thing they should be agreeing to is, listen, right? We're going to join the rest of the world, and yours is yours, ours is ours, and we're going to stop stealing, and we're not going to force you to hand stuff over to us. I mean, that's what the whole thing was about. Well, again, out the window. We'll see. I wouldn't be, don't be surprised. Uh, And again, I don't know if it'll be before the election, after the election. Uh, My guess is before the election that the tariffs come back. You know, the the tariffs come back because uh, China won't be holding up their end of the deal. We'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Uh, That that was news that really wasn't nearly as important as what is happening. It started today. Uh, So the central bank announced on Friday that they had a problem. And all of... The You know, you start thinking about all of the things that they've told us. I was actually out on the air a month before the central bank started these repo auctions. Remember, I shared with you, it wasn't my research, right? But Bank of America actually had sent 
letters to the Federal Reserve in the summer saying, hey, why are you shrinking your balance sheet? You know, we, we just did math, right? It wasn't like the researcher was some brilliant Albert Einstein, right, who had a whole new theory about how to look at things. No, he just knew how to do math. And it wasn't complicated math. It wasn't the math that the central bank uses to tell you that there's no inflation, right? Because no one even knows what that math is. Right? I mean, uh, by the way, if you ever want a good indication of how big, and I've said this over and over and over again, the, the biggest robbery in the history of the world, right, and people... Well, think about, I don't know, some museum in Europe and someone stole some Da Vinci's or, or some Van Gogh's or something like that. No, not even close. The biggest robbery in the history of the world, it's not Bernie Madoff. It's ongoing. It's being conducted by our own central bank. They rob every old person rob you. If you're on Social Security, you're getting robbed. Right? And how are they robbing? Because they try to tell you that there's no inflation and they got these formulas. No one even knows what the formulas are. No one can figure it out. Can't do the math. Uh, Wolf Richter, if you follow him at all, if you don't follow him, uh, we post a lot of his stuff up here. Nobody knows more about the car market, in my opinion, than Wolf Richter. His research is incredible. And he just did uh, a one on the Ford F-150, the number one selling car in the United States. Well, it's a truck, but it's the number one seller, right? Something like, I don't know, a million of them a year we sell, these F-150s. And he's talking about how the price from 1990, so you think about it, 30 years is up 167%, okay? The Federal Reserve says it's only up 22%, but Richter, the guy is so good. See, he knows something that I know. In the mid-1990s, the central bank changed the way they calculated inflation. So no one could ever figure it out ever again. Since 1997, the central bank now says there's been no inflation in the price of vehicles. And he did the F-150, the, the, I think it was the, the Camry, the, the Toyota Camry. I mean, you name it. He's done a, uh, all of them universally. Uh, but the F-150 is up the most of all the cars that he's done, 167%, central bank zero. Well, 22%, but that was all in the early 90s. From 1997 on, there is none. So that ought to tell you what's happening. Again, remember my opening statement. You're a fool if you don't have any physical gold and silver. Just a fool. So we're sitting here listening to these central banks. They got notified by Bank of America. Uh, and I'm sure. Listen, Bank of America was just trying to help out. Right? 
They're selling off their balance sheet. Remember how they're trying, oh, no, we, we don't need to cut rates. Oh, well, okay, maybe we do, and this is just a mid-cycle adjustment. Remember the mid-cycle adjustment? And then they said, okay, you know what, we're going to stop selling off the balance sheet. Right? Remember that one? That was, that was announced after they got the B of A letter. Now, they hadn't admitted it in public yet. In August, I was out there telling, because I, again, because of the Internet, somebody uh, with better contacts than me got a hold of this letter from Bank of America to the, to the Federal Reserve and, and said, wait a minute, that's not going to be enough. Remember, the Fed was going to stop selling, and then they were going to get rid of the mortgage backed and hold nothing but treasury. So that was their goal. That's not going to be enough. And then remember when the repos first started in September? Oh, they were caught off guard. And then there we go. Oh, it's just going to be for a couple of weeks because business has got taxes due. And then a couple of weeks turned into a month. Then a month turned into three months. Then they went to six months. Then they created a whole bunch of other stuff. Now we're looking at one of the fastest growing balance sheets in the history of the central bank. I'm going to tell you all about it next. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by opposing radical feminism and representing a traditional conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now, the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. America has a rich history in so many areas, from art and culture to exploration and innovation. However, if I could name one common American value traced all the way back to the founding of our nation, it would be a strong hatred for unfairly high taxes. Today is a great day to talk about this because the famous Boston Tea Party took place on this date in 1773. On that cold December night, the people of Boston made the bold statement that they would not allow high taxes to be imposed on them by politicians they had not elected. Make no mistake, this wasn't some freewheeling riot in the streets like revisionist historians painted. For all their outrage, the Sons of Liberty didn't cause any property damage other than the padlock on the tea and the tea itself. Nothing else was destroyed or looted. They even mopped the decks of the ship after they were finished. It was a political statement born of strong personal convictions, nothing else. The legacy of the Boston Tea Party lives on in us today. The American people still won't tolerate a tyrannical government built on the suppression of our most basic liberties. We don't need to throw tea into Boston Harbor because our founding fathers gave us a system of government that allows us to fight for our convictions openly and vigorously. Every American is empowered to make a difference from the local school board to our Congress and Supreme Court. John Adams got it right when he said about the Tea Party, and I quote, This destruction of the tea is so bold, so daring, intrepid, and inflexible, and it must have so important consequences and so lasting that I can't but consider it an epoch in history, end quote. John Adams is not the only one who recognized the Boston Tea Party for its historic and symbolic significance. We are the beneficiaries of the heritage these patriots have left behind. The only question now is what we will do with it. Are you ready to take a stand for liberty? 
Will you fight for the freedoms we share? As we head into the important 2020 election year, the choice is yours. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Liberal politicians cannot be allowed to manipulate tax laws regarding Social Security, charitable donations, retirement accounts, homeownership, and the definition of family. Low taxes and smaller government are core values at phyllisschlafly.com. Join us, won't you, at phyllisschlafly.com. And thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two, Patriot Radio News Hour, and we're talking about the repo markets. You don't hear about it on TV. They don't like to talk about it, and I don't blame them. Right? If I'm a, if I was here selling stocks, I wouldn't talk about it either. Right? Right? I wouldn't talk about it at all. I'd talk about, you know, I'd put the best bin possible on the trade deal. I'd, I'd put the, you know, not that you need a best bin. Obviously, the, impe- the impeachment thing, that thing's dead on arrival, right? It'll get through uh, the House uh, all on, again, through on party lines, and it'll fail in the Senate again on party lines, um, which that's not what impeachment's about. Impeachment's not about party lines. And, uh, but anyway, I digress. So the central bank gets notified by Bank of America, doesn't tell anybody. Matter of fact, Jay Powell comes out. Maybe that's why all the, you know, have you ever, you know, I keep thinking about all these press conferences where he's just been awful, right? And he kind of leaves you scratching your head. Right? God, how can it be that bad? Right? And, and now I think maybe I figured it out. The guy's not a good enough liar, so he knew. Think about some of these really bad Federal Reserve press conferences that he's had. Almost every one of them, when you put the dots together, the Fed had gotten information that they're wrong, and wrong significantly. And and the repo market is getting worse. So last week, most people don't know this, early in the week, uh, one of the, I guess, you know, there's people that are repo market experts, right? No, most people, uh, repo markets are, are just a, you know, one of those dark corners of finance. And I've explained it to you in real, what I'll call repo for dummies. Okay, so the banks make money. By loaning money. And we all know that that we understand that. Of course, they really make money by whacking people with fees. Let's face it, right? ATM fees, bounce check fees, they love that stuff. Credit cards, you know, it's it's embarrassing what they do with credit cards. 
considering where the interest rates are today and the fact that credit card rates are at all-time record highs, it's despicable. But the central bank after the crash, after too big to fail, <laughs> and I did that show the last week, like, common sense tells you, okay, if it's too big, make it smaller. Nope, make them bigger. So they have to have a certain amount of their portfolio in what they call Tier 1 capital. The number one item in Tier 1 capital is U.S. Treasuries. See, the, the central bank knew way before we did we are going to have this debt problem. And one of the ways around it, because, you know, we keep saying, who then the right mind is buying 10-year notes for less than 2%? Right? Even fake inflation is more than that. Right? Fake inflation, I think, for the year they said was 2.1. Right? The 10-year notes, what, 1.8? You're losing money. Who would do that? Nobody in their right mind. Well, if they force you to, you would. So all of these banks, these two big banks, they've got all their money tied up in this debt. And their clients, that'd be us, yeah, if you, you know, uh, your personal accounts, all the business accounts, see, we're the clients of the banks. See, we got to pay our bills. We got to pay our taxes, right? We got to pay our mortgages and our car payments, right? Some of you out there got to pay your alimony payments, right? Your child support payment. You know what I'm talking about. The banks don't have the money. And I've told you, and I've educated you, they've got your wealth surrounded. Remember, it wasn't that long ago when the Greeks couldn't go to the ATM and withdraw more than 20 bucks? See, they had the same problem, right? Hey, we really don't have enough money to do it. And this is what our banks have right now. Now, if it was a one-time thing, maybe you could, you know, turn a blind eye to it. But what scares me the most is not only is this not a one-time thing, the problem keeps getting worse. So from that B of A letter to last week, they got another letter. And actually, I think they got the letter a little before last week. But it got made public last Tuesday by one of these repo experts. Uh, the guy's name was Scott Skime from... Uh, Curvature is the name of the company. Curvature Securities. They're a repo expert. So they deal a lot in the repo markets. And they sent the Fed a letter telling the central bank, hey, all your little repo operations, they're great. But by the end of the month, you're going to need to increase your balance sheet by another $100 billion. By Friday, 
So this became public on Tuesday. By Friday, the news had gotten even worse, and the central bank had to pull, push out a statement. So they, they let us know now and try to. Now they get to change it whenever they want. But they let you know, hey, here's our schedule for repo auctions, right? And they, they try to give you a month at a time. From December the 13th, so from Friday, through January the 14th, the Fed now plans to add between $365 billion to half of a trillion dollars to their balance sheet. And that they expect by the middle of January, their balance sheet will be the largest on record. You think about, just think about what that means. Because a lot of people, oh, well, you know, Wall Street's still at all-time highs. Go back to the financial crisis. When did the housing market crash? Depending on where you were, like here in Arizona, it was 05. Most people don't know it was 05 here. The rest of the world is probably 06, the rest of the country. Financial crisis didn't really start until 08. Same type of things happening now here in the repo markets. Half a trillion dollars short in liquidity at our banks. <laughs> Don't worry. These are the people that are supposed to have the authority on full employment and the stable dollar, right? That's their mandates. And in one year's time, they went from, hey, we're raising rates and selling off the balance sheet to we're lowering rates and we have new all-time record highs on our balance. Here's the problem. Where, where does it end? Because this just gets them to where they need to be for the next month. You know, most corporations, and, and here's the pattern, right? When, when corporations, the big corporations, they have to pay quarterly. They don't get to pay, you know, us here on, on a, uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of you business owners know what I'm talking about. You pay every quarter. Personal, you only pay once a year. But what happens next quarter? Right? The next quarter, that's the end of March, getting in April, right? That's kind of the big quarter. <laughs> what happens how much are we going to need when all the people got to pay taxes on top of the businesses got to pay taxes? Where does it end? And then the Wall Street Journal this morning had a big article. Of course, it didn't make the front page, but it did make page two. So it's it's getting there, and it took up. I mean, it was a big, big uh, headline. Big deficits create headache. Or the Fed. And they said, hey, we got a problem. See, right now, these banks already don't have enough money. And 
they're kind of like the biggest buyers of treasuries. And so now that they really can't buy any more treasuries, see, and it goes back to, and I'm going to circle back to uh, companies aren't making any money. Well, they're not making any more money. See, deposits at the banks aren't rising. Now, they rise when they buy other banks. But as a whole, there's not more money in there, causing a big problem. Because if they don't have more deposits, they can't. They don't have any room for more debt. Right? They can't buy more treasuries. It kind of leads them to the problem that we have today. Now, the the Wall Street Journal cites, you know, government predictions, which we know what they're worth that the debt's going to go up another $1.2 trillion in 2020. Okay, I'm not even going to argue it. Fine. Well, we'll take your incorrect number. Right? $1.2 trillion. Who is going to buy it? See, the Wall Street Journal, they started asking the same question. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Um... Uh, we got a problem. See, it's funny. Somebody at the Wall Street Journal knows how to do math. It's not great math, but but still, they know how to do general math. Because they, and I say it's not great because they believe one point two. But again, they they're I get why they do it because that's what the government's saying. In the Wall Street Journal's estimation. The Federal Reserve needs to buy 40% of all new debt issuance. Now, I don't know if that's a good number or a bad because they didn't really get into, and I get it, it's a, you know, it's a newspaper here doing uh, doing the math and all that would be too complicated and you got to take them for what they're uh, take take their word on it. Hey, we we've researched it here, and and banks aren't going to buy them, right? You know, you're still going to have right sovereign wealth funds will buy them, and and you're still going to have you know some maybe some hedge funds, and there's going to be some buyers out there, insurance companies, right? That sell you those annuities. Forty percent. Of one point two trillion is four hundred and eighty billion dollars. Now, I'm just going to use that forty percent, and let's say it was, you know, two trillion. Right, that'd be eight hundred billion dollars. So we're going to be at four and a half trillion by the middle of January. And the Federal Reserve needs to buy anywhere between 480 to $800 billion, assuming the math is good from the Wall Street Journal, which would put their balance sheet over $5 trillion before the end of 2020. But don't call it quantitative easy. Here's the problem. Wall Street Journal is not even talking about the current stuff, right? Because you got to remember, you also got to sell all the stuff that rolls over, 
right? And every year, you know, our debt's 23.1 something, $23.2 trillion. Now, it doesn't all roll over right every year. But in, in addition to the somewhere between $1.2 and $2 trillion of debt that we need to add for 2020, probably got to sell what? Another 8 to $10 trillion of rollover? Figured it out yet? 800 951 0592 Patriot Radio News Hour final segment on a Monday. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Owning gold and owning physical gold. There's a difference uh, between owning an ETF or some type of gold fund that has exposure to gold, not the same. Understand where we're at right now. The foundation of our financial system are the banks. I think all of us would agree to that. We've been running massive, massive deficits that people want to ignore. A lot of you I include out in that. Right? If a Democrat was in office and we had these debts whole, oh, you know, even on TV, they're the same, right? I don't understand that part of the psyche, but, you know, again, I'm not that smart. But these banks have a problem. They've got too much debt and not enough capital. And the problem is the debt nobody wants. See, that's what's new. Used to be the banks would lend to each other because, trust me, every day there's banks that have extra cash. And they're supposed to give it to another bank and take the treasuries as collateral. And they don't want to. At least not at 2%. Right? And, see, this is supposed to be the signal that risk has been mispriced. When banks won't lend to other banks without, you know, hey, I want 4%, 5%, See, that should force interest rates higher. That should force equities lower, right? I mean, that's, you know, we understand that. That's, that's the equity market we live in today. Right, that that debt is mispriced, but the central bank has deliberately broken one of the instruments used to pricing the risk, and this is what makes it so dangerous. And again, there, I I I don't see an end in sight. I mean, where does it end? Ten trillion, twenty trillion, thirty trillion? Well, of course, it ends with what. It ends with the dollar. It ends with the Federal Reserve note. Uh, we get some type of electronic credit, whatever that may be, and you know full well uh, you're going to lose a ton of wealth. You know it. We all know it. 
Matter of fact, Steve Mnuchin and, and, and Jay Powell said, oh, no, no, you know, we're not doing the Fed coin thing. Trust me, they're doing it. But, you know, at least for five years. I, I don't know if we have five, but let, let's hope. Take the time, and I know it's the holidays, and it's not doom. Listen, it's only doom and gloom if you're one of the people that I said at the beginning of the show. You're an idiot. You're a fool. If you don't have any gold and silver, if you don't have any gold and silver, uh, then, you know, it's going to be bad for you. The ones that prepare and put it away and take the time, it's going to be just fine. 800-951-0592. U.S. $20 gold pieces are at $1,560 today. Call us. Don't be a fool. Understand what's happening. We've got a huge problem, and the problem is just way too much debt and not enough what? Not enough people that want it. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow.